What's up, everyone? Welcome to this day in Philly Sports History for November 9th, 2023. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. Looks like today's going to be the last almost spring-like day before the, the cold weather and everything comes in probably until the springtime. So get out and enjoy it today. First, we have our question of the day recap from yesterday. And I had asked, how many years should we give Aaron Nola? And for the most part, it seemed pretty evenly split. I think most people fell within the three to five year range. Um, <clears throat> I was surprised, to be honest. And I don't know if this was more of an emotional response or what, but there was quite a few uh, that said, none, get him out of here. Never want to see him in a Philly uniform again. Uh, I believe one quote was, he's a bum, get him out of here. Uh, so just interesting and, and just... I feel like knowing where the landscape is right now with Major League free agent pitching and what the or the flyer oh jeez I'm I'm doing it again and what the Phillies need I feel that if the price is right I'd rather have Nola back than anybody else however I do not want him back for seven years so we will monitor that as it goes. Sticking with the Phils, there, are, there was some Phils news yesterday, which I, I said was kind of going to be one of those first dominoes to fall, and then everything else will fall into place. We now know that Bryce will be full-time at first base, and I feel that that does a few things. One, opens up an outfield spot, uh, which allows Schwarber to basically be the DH now. Uh, but also it does mean likely the end of the Reese Hoskins era, um, just because between the knee um, and everything, it's not going to really play anywhere but first base or DH, and you have Bryce and Kyle Schwarber there. Um, again, we'll monitor as it goes, but likely all all signs are pointing to, to Reese not being here. Uh, and again, we have the, the question on what, is Nola going to re-sign? Is somebody going to blow him out of the water with years and, and whatever he needs? So, uh, But that that's the, like I said, that was going to be the first domino of the offseason to fall. So now that we know where Bryce is, we can start getting a sense on how they're going to shape the, the rest of the roster then around him. Quick housekeeping note, there is a new Back to the Future up. Uh, dropped it last night, did the recap of the 2023 Hall of Fame induction ceremony, Philadelphia Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, I also posted the video on there. So go to Back to the Future with a PH wherever you get your podcast for that episode as well as the link to the video for the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. As I mentioned, uh, we'll be doing more things with them as we go, so stay tuned for that. Best way to stay in the loop is to like and subscribe. Sixers last night, man, what a game. And I feel as though I was watching the basketball version of the Eagles game last night. Um, Just seemed like it was, they had it, they had it, they had it, and then Boston was like, not so fast. Uh, you could even see it at one point Tatum just kind of had that look and not going to lie. I got a little nervous. Uh, good that they hung on to win because typically that's not something that they do against the Celtics. And I do think it's a mental thing. Um, and I don't know if having Nick nurse in there, it's going to kind of change the culture. Uh, like doc talked a lot about the losing stench, um, in the building when he came in, but I gotta be honest. I mean, other than that, uh, run he had with Boston with the first super team almost 
he's not necessarily a guy that's going to come in smelling like the the winning scent of roses. Um, so maybe he just added on to the stench. Now you got a winner with Nick Nurse, has them playing well. I think this is, even though they almost blew it, I think a game like this mentally is good because Tyrese never really played well against the Celtics. He was able to have a great game, especially down in the clutch, like that fourth quarter when uh, he had some big shots and, and controlled the ball well while Boston was making that comeback. Um, hopefully, and, and again, I might be looking way too much into this, but I think from a mental standpoint, a win like this and, and being able to hold on and not not necessarily exercise the demons, but kind of hold off those demons that have haunted the Sixers against the Celtics um, since Joe's been there. I think this should go a long way, and I think it's all part of the the culture that Nick Nurse is is trying to bring in. I mean, you see guys playing selfish, selfless. Um, everybody has their nights, their roles, and, and it just kind of seems like, I mean, even uh, Batum was like, I, I don't know why I was in there, but it's Nick Nurse was like, because of um, your defense, this. So I, I like the way it's going, and I noticed the rotations are different based on matchups and things like that. Something that Doc Rivers never did. So good win for the Sixers. We'll take it. They're in Detroit tomorrow, which I believe is one of the in-season tournament games in their round robin. So they should be playing on one of those funky courts out there. Um, speaking of funky, phillygoat.com. Man, if you haven't done so already, go check out the Mega John shirt. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. You need to get one, um, maybe two in different colors. Like I'm debating picking up a Kelly Green one. I got a black one. I'm debating picking up the Kelly Green one. Um, they're just outstanding. I'm getting them for my kids too for Christmas. Like they're... They're just phenomenal. Go to phillygoat.com, and, and that's just the Mega John. Check out the selection of everything else they got, they're, and they're always coming out with new stuff. Ryan does a great job over there. Go to phillygoat.com, pick up your Mega John hoodie or a T-shirt, whatever floats your boat. Get one for the whole family. Um, use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off. That's phillygoat.com, promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off. Uh Mega John, get it. I mean, mine hopefully will be coming in time for the Monday night game against the Chiefs. I look for him to have a big game. But uh, phillygoat.com, promo code Jim Montgomery. You will not be disappointed. It's a great place to do your your, your holiday shopping. Um, and while you're there, pick up a Union shirt as the Union are moving on to the Eastern Conference semifinals. They beat um, New England one nothing on a corner kick last night. Uh, they will be going out to Cincinnati. I think it's either the, at some point the week of Thanksgiving, they're going out to, before Thanksgiving, they're going out to Cincinnati to play, uh, the FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati was the one seed in the East. Uh, we'll get, probably break down more of this game when we get closer to it. But this year, the, the union are 0-1 and 1 against Cincinnati, uh, the one loss actually was with a depleted team because they were playing in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, but we'll break that down more next week once we get closer to the date. But congrats to the Union moving on. Pick up a Union shirt while you're at phillygoat.com too. I mean, just get one of each. That way you're covered, man. Uh, Eagles news. Uh, we'll start with the fun stuff first. Uh, Jason Kelsey was one of the, the nominees for People's Sexiest Man Alive. Um 
And of course, in true Jason Kelsey fashion, says, I'm not even the sexiest man in my family, but I'll take it. Um, just good seeing somebody other than Travis being in the tabloids. Uh, just kidding. But no, I, I just thought that was funny. He said, uh, I'm not even the sexiest man in my family. But I'm telling you, it's got to be the beard. Guys with beard just look better. What, what can I say? Um, all right. So on to the real stuff. Uh Nicobe Dean has a list Frank sprain and likely is going on the injured reserve. I probably, I would imagine he would have to be at this point done for most of the season. I uh, remember the only time I remember the first time I heard of a list Frank sprain was when Chad Lewis got one in the NFC championship game against the Falcons after making that catch, uh, the touchdown catch. But I feel like he was near the end of his career. So I don't know if, um, Treatment times have changed or what, and Nicobe Dean's still young. Um, so we'll see what that means. I mean, to be honest, he hasn't played well. Morrow and um, Cunningham play have been playing well in his absence. So, I mean, I still not a, a strong suit for the Eagles. Um, but it's just it's a shame that he's just not able to kind of put it together this year and he's been dogged by injuries. Um, so I, like I said, I don't know what the, probably won't get much on it until next week because of the bye week anyway. Uh, and finally for the Eagles, the last thing I'm still seeing a ton of Dallas and even non-Dallas people still complaining about the refs. And it got me thinking, and this might be more in line for back to the future at some point, but it really did get me thinking. And I remember cause we were there before the Super Bowl. We always said teams like the Cowboys, uh, the old school 49ers, uh, the Patriots even, they always seem to get the calls. And like, I remember so many times saying, oh, the refs are given in that game. And just kind of as I'm getting older and looking at it and like to me, and, and I'm trying to be as objective as possible, the refs were equally as bad in bo- for both teams in that game. I mean, I saw the first five plays at least three times the Cowboys lined up in the neutral zone and they none of them were called. But I think what happens is not so much jealousy, but maybe envy or just, man, that team is good. And instead of giving it, because I've done it, and instead of giving that team just the props for being a better team and being good, especially if it's a rival, you got to look for a reason of why your team sucks. And trust me, we did it from, I mean, I was started watching the Eagles really in 1987. Uh, from 1987 until probably the Super Bowl, I, there was always like, ah, oh, the refs, this. They're all they're against Philadelphia. We used to think tr- Joe Buck hated us, and and truthfully, maybe he does. I don't know, but like we used to blame the announcers. Uh, that's how bad we were because it couldn't be our team just wasn't good. Well, now that we have a good team, and people are looking at us as sort of that, as Jeffrey Lurie likes to say, that gold standard. I'm seeing it from the other perspective now. It's a loser mentality. Blaming the refs for your team's shortcoming is a loser mentality. The Eagles have played so many shitty games this year. They have not played a full game. They've made mistakes. The fact that they're, a couple of the games this year, they've lost the turnover battle and still came out and won just shows how good of a team they are. It has nothing to do with the referees. And I was there. And like it, it's kind of like it hit me yesterday as I'm scrolling through Twitter and seeing this stuff. It's a loser mentality. And for the first time in ever in my lifetime, all of our teams, like nobody really blamed, like 
you could have very easily started blaming umpires for um, the Phillies against the Diamondbacks because those umpires were terrible throughout that whole series. But no, it's not. That's a loser mentality. We knew we were the better team, and we didn't blame the refs for it. We said our hitters did not hit. They were swinging at bad pitches. Our manager made some questionable moves. That's what happens when you start winning. So it just let me know what you think about that. It's not the question of the day, but please give me feedback on that because I just started thinking about it because I was there on this side and now that we're on the other, it's like, shut up. Like nobody, like it's not the referees. Your team just is not good. Give us our props. God only knows. Like we suffered through it long enough. But all right, ran over. Thank you for coming to my TED talk on referees and loser mentalities. Um, but I think that'd be a good question for, or a good round table discussion for Back to the Future. All right, new Clashing Conferences podcast dropped last night. Be sure to check that out. I'm excited to listen to that today, uh, especially to see what excuses. Speaking of loser mentalities, see see what kind of uh, excuses Randy comes up with this week. Uh, but go watch the Clashing Conferences podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. All right, today we're going to go back to 1994 and sticking with the Sixers-Celtics rivalry. On this day, back in 1984, the Celtics beat the Sixers 130-119 to up in Boston Garden. Moses Malone had 24-15. and Rookie Charles Barkley had 27. But the big story was with about 138 remaining in the third quarter, all hell broke loose. Uh, Larry Bird was just torching the Sixers. Couldn't miss. Uh, he was being guarded by Dr. J. And again, he just couldn't miss. And we know Larry likes to talk a little trash. Uh, but he got called for an offensive foul, elbowing Dr. J. And they're running back up the court then, going back and forth. I mean, I've heard so many different stories and variations over the years. And I, I think Doc has said, Doc's story has changed somewhat too. Um, whether or not he was trying to calm down Larry, uh, who was basically putting on a shooting clinic against the Sixers that day, or whether Larry was talking trash and Dr. J, who just was not having a good game that day. Um, at the time, Larry Brown had 42 points. Dr. J had six. So as good as Larry or uh, Larry Bird was and, and couldn't miss that day, Dr. J couldn't m- make a bucket. So there's definitely a lot of frustration. Um, so they get there, and again, there's discrepancies about what happened next but the next thing you know they both are grabbing each other's throat moses pulls larry bird back and dr j swinging wildly um tons of trash talking larry bird was the the king of trash talking back in the day uh, but i mean nobody really knows what happens a melee ensued uh dr j and larry bird were ejected uh barkley got fined and he was like i was just trying to hold larry bird back uh, or trying to break up the fight, but apparently he was holding Larry Bird back. I saw an, an interview with Barkley on this. Holding Larry Bird back while nobody was holding Dr. J. So it looked like he was holding Larry Bird so Dr. J could unload on him. But uh, it's just funny. But it just goes to show like the intensity of the, the Eagle or the Celtics Sixers rivalry. Uh, but again, I'm sure Larry Bird, like Robert Parrish was talking about the amount of trash. Uh, the referee that day was talking about just the trash that Larry was talking and just Larry just being who Larry was. 
Uh, it was the first time Larry or Dr. J was ever ejected in his career, and Larry Bird had that effect. It wasn't the first time Larry Bird had gotten into a fight with the Sixers. He just had a way of getting under people's skin, and I know people like that, and it's extremely frustrating. And it goes back to what I was just talking about with the, the referees. It has to be the referees. This can't be our team. No, Larry Bird just dominated that day. And uh, anyway, but on this day in 1984, it was the infamous Larry Bird, Dr. J fight up at the Boston Garden. The Celtics did beat the Sixers 130 to 119 that day, uh, but just it, it was near the end of uh, both of their careers for the most part. I mean, Larry did have another uh, couple championships in him. I think uh, Dr. J had another two years left before he eventually retired. But one of the the all-time crowning moments in the the Celtics-Sixers rivalry was this fight up in the Boston Garden back in 1984. All right, my car cans are on the way. I cannot wait. Go to carcan.com. Check it out for yourself. It's a trash can. It's a cooler. It's storage. Don't want to have one for the back seat. They have all kinds of stuff for your front seat. Organize your trunk, your glove box, your your visors, you name it. They have something for your car. Carcan.com is a great company. They, I mean, the shipping is fast. Um, and the more you order, the, the cheaper the shipping is. The more in bulk you buy, the cheaper it is. It's a great product. Go check them out. Carcan.com. Use the promo code JimMontgomery20 off, all one word, for 20% off of your order. And it makes a great holiday present, especially for the people in the office. That's carcan.com, promo code Jim Montgomery, 20 off for 20% off of your order. All right, and finally, we're sticking with the Sixers theme today. We are going to talk about Sean Bradley. Uh, Sean Bradley was a first-round pick, number two overall out of BYU in 1993. Uh, he had sat out the 92 and 93 college basketball seasons to go on his mission uh, for the Latter-day Saints Church. Uh, he was down in Australia, and if I remember thinking back, he did not play much basketball during that time. The Sixers did consider him a project, like a long-term with a high upside, uh, but he was real thin. And this is where we see Pat Croce get introduced to the Sixers. Um, they brought him in to be his strength coach, uh, brought back Moses Malone to kind of teach him how to play down low and rebound and things like that. Uh, in his first ever game, he went six points, five rebounds, but eight blocks, uh, had a solid rookie year for not playing for two years, uh, 10 points a game, six rebounds, three blocks. Uh, but then his second year, he was just very inconsistent, uh, offensively. He didn't, he got worse, but he got better or more consistent I should say rebounding and blocking shots um, but then the third year 12 games in Sixers had seen enough they traded him to New Jersey for Derek Coleman and which I believe is the first time Derek Coleman came to Philly uh, more on him later this month uh, but in 143 games with the Sixers uh, Sean Bradley was kind of respectable 9.7 board or points seven and a half boards and three blocks uh, he did go on to have a pretty solid career with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, just never did much in Philly. That's why he's one of our all-time disappointments. Uh, Could have had Penny Hardaway, Jamal Mashburn, uh, Vin Baker, Allen Houston, Sam Cassell, all in the first round. Uh, Sean Bradley probably... For Sixers, he's known as a disappointment and a bust, but my kids now know him as the big tall guy from the original Space Jam. 
there's there's a blast from the past for you. Uh, but Sean Bradley just never did much for the Sixers. That's why he's today's most disappointing athlete in Philly sports history. Wish him the best, though. He did have a tragic uh, bike accident. Uh, he got hit by a car uh, and is paralyzed. And I know he's going through some tough times just basically due to his size and things like that. Uh, you never wish that on anybody. Um, but remember, this is strictly based on his Sixers playing career, which he did not live up to the hype. Um, but on this day, 1984, the Celtics beat the Sixers 130-119. to 119. Dr. J and Larry Bird got into a fist fight late in the third quarter. Let me know what you think about the, the refs um, and just the loser mentality. Um, I don't know. I just I just kind of something that hit me. Maybe I'm just way overthinking it. But congrats to the Union for moving on. Good win for the Sixers against the Celtics. And that is today's question of the day. We've talked a lot about rivals on this podcast, but this we just saw with Dr. J and Larry Bird, and even last night with that whole the the demons of the Celtics. Who is the most hated rival in Philly sports? I know we talked about the, the rivals for the different teams, but overall, I mean, we just had Dallas week. We have Boston. There's the Giants floating out there. So tell me, who is the most hated rival in Philadelphia sports today? So, uh, comment wherever you're getting this. Send me a text message. If you're on Spotify, there will be the question of the day. Send me a smoke signal. Let me know who is the Philadelphia's most hated rival today. It's going to be that last beautiful day, so make sure you get out and enjoy it. This has been This Day in Philly Sports History. I'm Jim Montgomery. Go have yourselves a Wednesday. Don't forget to answer the question of the day. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.